Welcome to Probably Bothered, the podcast that cuts through online business myths so that you can redefine your version of success. Because I believe if you aren't a little bit bothered, you probably aren't paying attention. How can you change the world through your purpose? That's one of the many questions that Shayna and I cover in today's episode. And the answer is with intention, with intention of how you approach your life and your story, how you approach continuous learning, your community, and your conversations, just like this one. So without further ado, I would like to introduce Shayna, who is the lead designer of interior design firm, Consonate. And she is so passionate about living life with intention and actively choosing to design your life, your business, your relationships. I'll let her tell you all about it. On today's episode of Probably Bothered, I am so excited to talk with someone who shares a philosophy that I have about intentionally designing your life, designing your business, and just moving through all of those things with intention. There's no better word for it. So I'm super excited to welcome Shayna, and she is the lead designer at Consonate, which is a multidisciplinary interior design firm. So Shayna, welcome to Probably Bothered. Well, hi, Becca. I'm glad to be here. I am glad that you're here. And I would love to just start with with that idea that I mentioned at the beginning of kind of that intentionality that you infuse your work with. And how did you get to that point? And why is it important to you in your design work? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, It's important to me because I grew up in an environment where I was told to obey the rules and someone else was always making them, right? I grew up evangelical Christian, excessively conservative. And I questioning was seen as almost a sin, right? Like mm-hmm. this is what, this is the Bible. This is our current interpretation. You accept that. And you may question at some point as a teenager, but <laughs> you're going to come back to our way of thinking, right? So it was very programmed into me that like, this was the right way. And I'm, I'm of course going to find it my way to this thing. And of course that didn't happen. I just found my way right out of it, you know, and, and finally gave myself permission only two years ago to fully and completely like leave that, that mindset, which I feel like is a natural step in this whole process where questioning became my deep understanding of how curiosity plays this really important part in understanding who we are, determining our purpose, right? It's not something else that determines our purpose. It's us, right? We determine our purpose. We figure out our talents and we figure out what we're passionate about and we combine those things and we're like, okay, this is what I'm going to spend my life doing. And then we get to decide the story we want our life to tell. And then we get to get really intentional about all of the actions that we take. And it's really the small ones that make the most that are the most important. We think it's the big, big decisions, but it's all the small decisions that lay the foundation for being able to make the big decisions matter the way that they do. And by being intentional about all the things that we do, we start to show up for ourselves in a way that lets 
that empowers us to know that the story we want our life to tell is important and we get to take up space and not only just take up space, but take it up beautifully and intentionally. And when we do so, our story becomes more powerful and we empower others to do the same. And so it was that understanding and finding my way from indoctrination to curiosity that helped me to recognize intention as this powerful tool along the way. That is, it's such a beautiful transition. And I, you know, I haven't had a similar experience in that kind of indoctrination lifestyle that you mentioned, but I really respect the way that you were able to kind of take lessons out of that experience and create the life and, and the business, which we'll get into that made the most sense for you and, and really, really created that, the story. And instead of kind of thinking of it in that, that negative way and a negative experience, you were yeah. able to pull what you could from it. And yeah, it, it led you to where you are. So that's, yeah, that's, it's a, it's a beautiful process. Unfortunately, having to go through hardship to get there, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I mean, everybody has their own their own hardship. Everybody yeah. has that thing that they've got to work through to get to their, their story, right. To be able yeah. to feel freed and empowered to tell their story. Absolutely. So you mentioned a kind of going through this curiosity and kind of figuring out how you wanted your life to look. So I'd love to hear if you have some examples of, of this active uh, intention that you filled your life with, what is, what does that look like for you today? And what were those decisions that you made along the way? The decisions, well, first I had to realize that there was no one around me growing up and in my young adult life whose life I wanted. Mm-hmm. It just didn't exist for me. Um, and when you realize that, but you also realize like, maybe they weren't in close proximity, but I could see people in the distance, right? Like when I read books or things like that, and I would understand or read an article, I'd be like, well, maybe they're not telling the whole truth, but their life doesn't suck, but mine does. Right. And the distinction between my, my father's favorite saying growing up was life sucks. And then you deal with it, but that's a really important thing, right? That life sucks, not your life sucks, life sucks. And so it was this like, way of trying to get me to, to believe that that's just the way life was. And then Mm -hmm. I was going to have to deal with it. And I was like, no, my life sucks. And when we recognize there's a distinction between those things, we recognize we can change Mm -hmm. and that we can, we can build language, visual, verbal, all of that around a different kind of life. And so for me, it meant gathering mentors in my head through reading books, through creating vision boards. I basically turned my whole bedroom wall into a vision board um, growing up and it became this sanctuary for myself to be able to, to align myself. Like, I don't want to be this that I'm being told I must be. I want to be this and I'm going to align my actions with that. And that means finding wisdom outside of like finding wisdom finding understanding of the world outside of the bubble I'm being forced into, you know, finding these mentors in my head and becoming the kind of person who can attract the kind of teachers and mentors into my life and friends into my life who will, who will help me to find a different way of living. And that's really powerful because then we find connection, right? And we need connection and community in our lives. And it's that connection and that community that challenges us 
into action, right? Like we're like, oh, okay, this is how I can do this, right? I can become an ally for myself, an ally for other people. And these are the steps I can take. And it's other people who can help us to find that pathway, right? Because we can find it eventually on our own, but it can take a really long time to figure that out. It's in community with other people, with a diverse group of people in our life that we can, we're compelled into action um, because we start to hear parts of their story that align with our story, the story we want our life to tell, right? And then we're like, oh, okay, great. I'm going to be with this person and I'm going to learn about this thing and I'm going to do this thing, right? And and it starts mm-hmm. to show us this journey, this weird winding path that our life starts to take that I think, you know, that's when the action really starts. I think before then I was stuck, you know, I was just kind of like, okay, I'm on someone else's path that they've decided for me. And I was very, very stuck. And after that moment, um, it was definitely action towards like, no, I'm going to be my own person. The conversation that you brought up at the start of that answer, the, of figuring out how to shape your life when you don't have an example, a person to look to who's readily apparent to you is something that has come up time and time again with me and some of my friends who are entrepreneurs in the past couple of weeks. And one of the things that I, that kind of, I guess, mirrors this conversation is the idea of if you are kind of stepping away from that corporate lifestyle, finding those examples of, of success and whatever success means to you, because that's, that's a whole nother oh, conversation whole of my conversation all by itself. Yeah. <laughs> that's a really long yeah, conversation. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to go there right now, but, but basically I love that how you outlined kind of a step-by-step process of finding people who have the life that you want, even if they're not readily available yeah. to you and finding those bits and pieces of that story. And I think that's one of the things that I have seen time and time again is people kind of looking and saying, well, there's no one who's done this. So maybe it can't be done, Mm. but that's, that's not necessarily the case. It's there's no one that you know of that has done this, but can you find a whole person or can you find parts of people and put that together and create that story? So that was a, a, a really beautiful takeaway from your answer. And I don't know, I don't know if for other people, this has been true, but I think many times, parents and people and leaders in our life, family members, they want to save us from pain. And so they'll be like, well, if it could be done, someone would have done it already. Right. Like we hear that Mm -hmm. not all necessarily all the time, but it's either spoken or subtext, right. It's kind of simmering right there all the time. And so I think it's, you know, it's like crabs in a bucket sometimes, right. People are so afraid of what's outside of that bucket that they're they don't realize what they're doing, what they're saying is actually pulling other people down. And so it is really important sometimes to like hold your story sacred and only entrust it to those people who understand and allow themselves to feel fear, but do not allow it to control them. And they decide to move through it anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. Because there's like the fear of what could be, or like, the massive pain that comes from living a life that you know you're not meant to live, like living small and living in fear and letting those things control you. So, I mean, it's not, it's, it's kind of why I think we sometimes shrink back from, from doing things we haven't seen other people do is because there's this like societal, like if it could be done, it would be done. You know what I mean? Like there's that 
that belief, yeah. that underlying belief. Well, and I think there's also the process that we all go through of recognizing that not everyone is our person, right? Yeah. It's if you yeah. have an idea or a story that you want your life to look like, it's not for everyone nope. and, and that's okay. And yeah. I had a, an experience with my father who is wonderfully supportive of my business, but I was starting this podcast and naming the podcast and I'm all excited. And I called him and I was like, Hey, look, I've got this name. It's so funny. It's wonderfully sassy, like super excited. And I told him probably bothered and he goes, I don't get it. And I think in the first few years of my business, I would have been totally crushed, Yeah. but I just looked at him and I said, well, you're not my target audience. So it's a good thing you don't get it. And he right. laughed and right. I laughed and, and that was that. So yeah. I think that's also another kind of wonderful transformation to go to is the realization that if everyone doesn't get it, it's okay, okay too. Yeah. That's a naturally, that's such a good point because it's naturally part of the process of being an entrepreneur. And I think especially for women, because we're, we're raised in a way, or at least I was raised in a way that it's like, you are meant to like, please other people, right? Your life is created for the pleasure of others and not for your own. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for us to have that moment where we're like, no, I feel this and I could be wrong and maybe this might change, but I feel it in my gut and I'm going with it anyway, even if no one approves. And that's such a really important, beautiful step in entrepreneurship um, and in and just our own personal growth, no matter whether you're a business owner or not, that like to stand in your knowing and be sure that no matter what happens, it's a part of your journey. Yeah. So at some point you also mentioned this idea of connection and community. And while we're saying on the one hand, (laughs) what we just said is that your journey is not for everyone. I think there's just as much of a significant or more important realization of obviously like your business and your life and your story is your own and you are perfectly capable of doing all of those things on your own. Mm -hmm. But I think there's also this kind of counter story of how much easier it is to be surrounded by that community and that village lifting you up and people who, who get it and understand it. So I'd love to hear just a little bit about how you approach community and connection and what that looks like for you. Yeah. I think what you're getting at is what I like to say that more than one thing can be true at a time, right? We can be strong enough to carry our story on our own, on our own and do something on our own. However, we absolutely are built to be in community with one another. We are strong enough, but but at, at the other point, I'd say we aren't strong enough to do it on our own. And I think so much of the way that we look at the world, I think, has come about in like the 50s and this idea of like the nuclear family and mm-hmm. and being tied to the people who are immediately related to us and then everyone else kind of being other outside of that. And I think we've lost a sense of the the diversity of village, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, this understanding that it is diversity that brings in all this, that highlights parts of ourselves that we didn't even know existed, right? So as much as we can do things on our own, I don't know that we can, right? Like at the yeah. same time, right? But what I think the key is, is being intentional about the community and the connection around us. And they don't need to be people who are homogenous, meaning they don't need to be people who are like us. As a matter of fact, I would counter that they need to be people who are unlike us. However, Mm -hmm. the caveat being, they need to be people who are also 
curious and intentional and who are willing to be open to listening to other ideas as well and not combative, defensive. We all have moments when we are all those things, right? But pervasively, they're not someone who is consistently asking you to defend yourself and your beliefs or asking you to explain your beliefs and explain yourself like they're owed that explanation, right? So there's these, like all these things that are true at the same time. I think it's just really key that they be people that we feel emotionally and physically safe with. Mm-hmm. And then there are people and, and, and our group and who challenges us changes. And so there's yeah. this like ebb and flow in our community. And there might be people who stay forever, but there might be a lot of people who are in our life for different periods of time. And it's meant to kind of move as we grow. Um, we kind of reach for other branches, right. In other trees, right. Like if if we're all these like beautiful trees that are growing, we get to new heights and we get to see different trees and we get to see and interact with different people. And, and it, and it changes our life and it changes our understanding of the kind of people we want around us. Um, and it doesn't make people bad or good. I mean, there's just all these things are at play at the same time. So I think community is something where, um, I think it changes. And I think that's the part that I had to get comfortable with is because growing up, I was taught like, this is your community and it stays your community. And if you're ousted from this community, it's because you're bad. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so this, un- this, this thought process took me a while to get to the place where I understood the community changes and we need it. And we also need to be able to stand on our own two feet so that we have something to bring to the table at that community. Right. Mm-hmm. All these things that are true at the same time. Absolutely. I, there's another discussion that I've been having recently that I think is relevant here. And it's this idea that in, and in life or in business and figuring out your story and, and your skills and what your purpose is here, there's a really, I'm going to say interesting. There's an interesting beauty in seeing yourself reflected back through somebody Mm -hmm. else's eyes Yes. And and being able to highlight all of these things about you that you don't necessarily see or think are all that important, but it's the reason that other people are drawn to you or what they come to you for. Um, And and I think that we, we take that process for granted a lot of times. Yeah. I think because we spend so much time with ourselves, right? (laughs) (laughs) so we kind of get used to ourselves and sometimes annoyed with ourselves and sometimes proud of ourselves. So I think some, I think we, we craft our view of ourselves based on what we want to see in ourselves and, and, and that aspect. And then there's what other people see and what draws them, like you said, what draws other people to us. And I think that's such a beautiful moment to, to like ask the people in our life, whether we use this language to ask them or not is like, what enters the room when I do, right? Like what, what do you encounter with me when we are together, when we are in community together? What is it that you encounter with me? You know, in the full array to like understand that I think is really, really critical. Cause then sometimes we sit back and I'm, I'm like, whoa, I didn't, I didn't see that in myself at all. Or I, you know, like you said, I didn't necessarily see it as important. And then Mm -hmm maybe it triggers like, Oh, maybe that has something to do with this part of my story or, you know, and, or maybe it doesn't. Right. (laughs) But it can be something we choose to like explore in our own life and our own understanding and can ignite a whole other part of ourselves that we didn't necessarily even know was possible, which I love about friendship. I mean, friendship is just like, it's friendship. (laughs) It's the best. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Um, something else that you said about being surrounded by people who think differently than us. Yeah. Um, okay. So have you ever read a book? I think it's just called think different. Hmm. Okay. I'm sorry. It's called think again. By oh, yeah. Adam, Adam Grant. Yeah. Adam Grant. Yep. Yeah. You've read that. Yeah. Okay. So I just started, I'm like at the very beginning of I the love, book. I love that book. Yeah. It's incredible. But one of the things just very early on, and I'm sure you can expand on this since you have finished it and I have yet to finish it, um, is this idea of thinking like a scientist. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that struck me is, um, the idea that science is about like the ever evolving finding of truth and, and that can change as you get more information and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And how just that idea and thought process applies to your life is so interesting. So if you're listening and you haven't read the book, recommend, yeah, highly recommend. I'll put the link in the show notes, but um, I'd love to hear kind of your take on, on that book as well. Yeah, I read, um, so I, I have a book club, um, and we read it a couple of months ago because I had read it like over the holiday break. And I was like, oh my gosh, this book is like so good. But it really, I really felt it so much because I've said for a while, especially since I left Christianity, you know, I reserve the right to change my mind. Yes. Right. That's kind of been my motto, right, is just reserving the right to change my mind as I gather new information. And Maya Angelou said this really beautifully, and I'm paraphrasing, um, you know, that as we know better, we do better. And mm-hmm. and the implication and the understanding is that if we want to do better, we have to know better. Mm-hmm. And so by seeking knowledge and being this ever the scientist in our own life, we challenge our way of understanding who we are, understanding our purpose, right? Our purpose changes because we change, mm-hmm. um, you know, understanding all of these different things. And then we can hone in intention is a process. It's not like a set of rules, right. And then it just stays stagnant and no, it, it's a process It's an ever refined process. And so I think all of these things kind of really dovetail really well together and playing the scientist in our own life. Well, what if I, and just asking that question and it can diffuse the fear that might come up because I think sometimes like for me, especially like I'll, I'll get really, I might get really nervous about, but like, what if bad things happen? But I'm like, if I just approach it as a question, like, what if this could happen? What if this good thing could happen or, you know, and, and not assign an outcome good or bad, right? Just like, what if I could, what if I could change the world with interior design? Yeah. What would that look like? I don't know. I have no idea, but I'm on that path. I'm exploring that path, right? And cha- changing the world with interior design and, and, and life design. And and so like asking that question opens up a whole array of possibility rather than deciding, you know, that, you know, I know what's possible and, and sticking with that very narrow path and that very narrow view. So, you know, I think it just, it lets us play, right? It lets us play in our life and play is a beautiful way to connect, not just with ourselves, but with one another and with the world. Definitely. And one of the things that I have taken away from it as well is the idea that you probably will get things wrong and you will make mistakes and it's part of the process. It's the thing. It's the whole thing. We're getting it wrong all the time. (laughs) Right. And as long as, you know, you are doing the best that you can and your intentions are good. And when you know better, you do better. I feel like we have gotten to this place where 
it's so easy to just be canceled. And that stops so many people from starting. And who knows how they could have changed the world if they had just started. But we've told so many people for so long, like, you can't afford to make a mistake that we don't have the chance to work through these big thoughts and big ideas. And and that's sad to me. Yeah, I think it comes from a place of our society in general, deciding that you have to know it all, right, Mm -hmm. to be important. And and the goal is to be powerful. And that is to have power over other people, right? That to Mm -hmm. me is kind of what power is all about. You know, everyone's like empire building. And I'm like, empires are built on the backs of people that they're exploitative. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I have more. a lot more thoughts, but I yeah. don't want to get into it. <laughs> I know. I know. So I'm like, if instead we change and understand this, this dynamic and our connection with these, these ideas, um, we can allow ourselves to not know and to be ever students. And mm-hmm. then we're less likely to be, I think we're less likely to be canceled because when we make a misstep or we hurt someone, we can then stand up and say, I didn't know enough and I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do better. I'm going to gather more information. I'm going to hold myself responsible for knowing better and doing better, not just Mm -hmm. knowing better, but doing better in the future. And I think if more people came out that way and said, I really messed up and I know I hurt a lot of people and I'm going to remove myself from this conversation for a little while, I'm going to learn more. And then I'm going to do better. I think they, people would be less likely to be canceled the way that they are so fully and completely. But many times we don't see that level of responsibility. Yeah. We see dif- dismissiveness. We see deflection. We do not see accountability. Um, and that's a whole nother conversation. Right. <laughs> There's so many <laughs> of conversations that can happen so here. Many. For days. Yes. But, but I think it's really important to understand that when we understand we don't know everything and when we get really curious, there starts to be a reverence for knowledge and understanding and a reverence for our not knowing. Mm-hmm. And we, we own that as much as we own our knowing. And we can get really comfortable with being uncomfortable and not having something to say. We can decenter ourselves in the conversation. We can allow other people who might know better to actually speak and us to gather information and not need to contribute to the conversation in any way, shape or form to try to appear to be, and believe me, I'm really working on this. This is a main thing that I'm working on in my life, decentering myself um, while also standing in my knowing, right? Like it's a really, two things can be happening at the same time, decentering mm-hmm. myself and standing in my knowing. So it's like a real weird balancing thing that's happening. But I think that's the key is really understanding this balance that's happening always in our lives. Yes. I was going to go a totally different way with my response until you ended. And and my response no longer makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's too funny. What came to mind while you were speaking was um, the idea of... When, when you know that you don't know, and I know they talk about this at the beginning of the book, I forget the curve of like knowledge versus confidence. Hmm. Oh you know yeah. That's a beautiful part of the book talking yes. about more. people who actually know less come across. They, they, they pretend to be more confident. They actually don't know anything at all. And people who know more actually usually stand back and are a little bit quieter and gathering information before they offer feedback. Yes. So in that process, one of the things that I was thinking about was 
when you hit that middle ground of like, you recognize that you don't actually know as much as you think that, you know, I think that you're so much more likely to bring other people along as your thoughts develop. Yeah. And I, and that to me is, I actually did a whole podcast episode about this. That to me is, is kind of the sweet spot of recognizing, like, there's something that needs to be said here. I'm figuring it out. I don't know if I'm the best person to talk about it, but it needs to be talked about. So we're going to try. And here's how my thoughts are developing. And it's to me a much safer way. And it's the way I choose to communicate on this podcast too, of here's the developing thought. And if I get it wrong, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm really trying my best. And this is why I'm thinking the things that I'm thinking. And it feels like there's more room to play in that space. If I'm not the expert, than there is in the space of I am the expert. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, there's something to be said for not being the expert. And what I've learned for me, what I've taken in is that when we are an expert or we call ourselves an expert, we no longer classify ourselves as needing to learn. Yep. Expert is an arrival point, right? Mm -hmm. Rather than a beginning point of exploration. And, um, Oh gosh, what is the name of her book? Francesca Gino put out a book. Hold on one second. Let me pull it up. Rebel Talent is the book that um, Francesca Gino came out with a few years ago. And um, she talks about using a variety of different skills and, and different, actually she was really talking about different business owners and how they have been really critically successful in their business because they didn't pigeonhole themselves and they don't pigeonhole other people and they don't put hierarchy to tasks, right? They're willing to do the hard work and the easy work and all of these things. And I think it's really important for our understanding of what it is to be an expert, right? It keeps us really, when we stay in a place of learning, we are better teachers, Mm -hmm. right? And so to me, the expert is really the student right? Is, is the forever student, is the person who's consistently challenging themselves to learn more and to do more. It, it's not about false humil- humility or about ego or about any of those things. It's just about honoring the fact that this is a big wide universe and we can't possibly know anything. And even if we thought we did, it's based only on our view, our sliver of our view of the universe. And there's so many other people with very vastly different perspectives, mm-hmm. um, even actually physically, right? Like everybody's view of the earth is completely different. If we each had to describe the earth based on only the parts that we've seen, we would not have a full view understanding of the earth, right? We right. just wouldn't. It's all of those perspectives brought together that gave us a full understanding of the earth. And so when we understand knowledge the same way, like knowledge in general, we can understand that like, there's no such thing as an expert. And anyone who calls themselves that, I'm always a little suspicious. Yeah. Well, and I, I, this so beautifully links to the beginning of our conversation where we talked about the idea of being able to find someone who has done the thing that you're trying to do before. Yeah. And, and just because you haven't seen them do that thing doesn't mean that it hasn't been done. And I, I just, I love, I love how that all kind of came back full yeah. circle at the end. Absolutely. So, um, okay. I feel like it's time for my favorite question, okay. which is what bothers you? What would you like to see changed in it, however you want to take it, the interior design space, the world at large, whatever comes to mind. Rule following. I'm mm. always curious, whoever's making the rules, right? And telling us we need to obey by the rules. I'm always like, mm, I'm more of a rule breaker. I'm more of an ask forgiveness, not permission type. Yeah. Um, 
there are no rules, not laws. <laughs> That's different. There are no rules and even laws we can choose not to obey. Right. And I think it's really important, critically important that we recognize that rules are often, not always, but often points of manipulation, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're based on someone else's desire for our life and not our own. So when we're really clear on the desire we want for our life, we realize that there are no such things as rules. I would love to see more people sink into rule breaking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, think, I think that goes back to the idea of asking who benefits from this. And yeah. it's, this is not an original idea. People have been talking about this yeah. for a while, but, yeah. but when you come across something that doesn't quite make sense to you, if you, if you start asking yourself that question, then maybe you just become as cynical as I am. <laughs> maybe that's the only end result. Maybe you're not cynical. Maybe you're just curious. <laughs> curious. Maybe you become as curious as I am. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's definitely doing that little exercises has changed my perspective on a lot of things and led me to break a lot more rules as well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And sometimes the person who's benefiting from the rules is us, right? So it's important to question, you know, the rules that we're asking other people to abide by as well and rules and boundaries are different. And yet that's a whole nother conversation. (laughs) I feel like we've had so many branches. We've, we've done a good job of staying focused. But we've also we've also gone from curiosity to community to thought processes to expertise and continuous yeah. learning. So I don't know. I've I've loved this conversation. I feel like it's Me been too. super interesting. Um, would you like to tell everyone where they can find you online? Yeah, absolutely. The easiest place is to go to my uh, business website. It's consonate.world. And I'm sure, Becca, that you will tag it in the notes, but it's C-O-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-E dot world. And there is a link tree symbol at the top on the homepage that takes you to all my social media. There's also a tab dedicated to me specifically as a speaker, as a writer, as someone who guests on podcasts. So there's lots of ways to connect with me. Um, So that's the best place to reach me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to spend 30 minutes with us and share your insight and your expertise. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I had so many mind-blowing realizations throughout that conversation. And just one of them is the realization that we try so hard to compartmentalize things. And we often think just one thing can be true. But just as Sheena said, there are so many things that are all true at the same time and trying to distill our thoughts and our mindset to one singular idea it may be doing more damage than good particularly with the idea of of with the thought that we can do our business all by ourselves because we constantly are inundated with this message but also with the idea that we need a community to build a strong business Both of those things can be true. And I don't know that I was letting them both be true in my own mind. So I'd love to hear your take. Please send me or Shana or both. Send us both a message and let us know what are two things that are true that you hadn't really accepted to both be true at the same time until this conversation. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. As always, if you resonated with this conversation if you would like to pass it along to a friend i would be endlessly grateful and if you want to subscribe or leave a review as well 
that would make my day. It would make my week, if we're being honest. Until next week, this was Probably Bothered.